Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Clear Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, episode five. And today, this is a coach episode. So we asked on Instagram last week for all coaches, personal trainers to send in any questions that they have on fitness, training, mindset, hormones. And in this episode, we're going to answer all of those. But first, uh, I feel like, well, we haven't podcasted for quite a while, so we can have a little yeah. catch up. Andy is in the UK and he's enjoying the nice sunny weather that uh, uh, we are not experiencing here. That's great here, which is nice. It's, you know, well reversal. Although, you know, I imagine Nivash is still hot and sunny. It seems to be Nairobi's freezing. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a heat wave this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, in the UK, we reckon they get up to 40 degrees. Ooh, that's, wow. that's yeah, not pleasant. That's... It does show you global warming, despite what people say, is definitely a thing. Yeah. The UK's never reached 40. Yeah, that's before. insane. <laughs> that's so, hot. That's hot, yeah. I don't that's think... like proper hot. Yeah. It's hotter than the coast hot. Yeah, that's desert hot. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's your training like whilst you're you're over there, Andy? Well, before I got here, I took about just over two weeks off to try and see if I could get my body feeling better because my knees my knees really bad at the moment. So I didn't train legs for a little bit, um, and then I just thought I'll give two weeks off to see if everything feels a bit better. And the answer was it hasn't really. Um, felt better. Yeah, but some of the smaller niggles better. Um, like, I was hoping my elbows would feel better, but they don't. Um, by trained, and I've gone straight into uh, push-pull legs. Did, I've done all three, even did some legs yesterday, despite the knee. Um, because, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, so it's all good. You know, I'm back here, you know, I, I keep a gym membership year-round here. Because it's cheap, so yeah. it's like... Rather than having to me sign up to a gym, which ends up costing yeah. more money, just to keep a, a small monthly payment out, which is funny because it's yeah, it's the equivalent of yeah, you know, like day passes are expensive, mm-hmm. so this is like under twenty pound a month, so that's a good gym. So wow. That's really good. Nice. Yeah. yeah, you're talking smart. Yeah, cheaper than smart gyms. You can't get properly. Yeah, and, cheaper uh, than the cheapest gym. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, it's good, though. And then the gym overlooks the beach, so after I train, I go to some beach so I get a lift. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing, but sorry to hear about your, your niggles. That's always frustrating. Oh, okay, generally, it's yeah. just like age-related niggles. <laughs> I mean, these needs an operation. It does. Yeah. And the only other looking to well getting it done well, yeah. Uh, but like the hours and things, it's just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we come and go. It's just taking it's not hurting. 
it's not that it's feel good, but other days you don't. So it's hard to. Yeah. It's it's so hard because like you say sometimes you take time off and it doesn't help like I've done no. that and because you're not moving in a way you feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah you actually feel worse overall you feel worse. Yeah. Well, um, that's why I was like I kept it to two weeks. I was like oh no it's not actually doing. It. Well if I suppose to not they probably say oh like, it's probably take a bit longer off. <laughs> yeah. Maybe four to six weeks. <laughs> then I'm just gonna feel worse in myself. Yeah. I like to. Train, enjoy it so yeah, yeah it's, it's that one where like mentally you need it as well and yeah. just just yeah overall just you know feeling good getting moving and yeah it's always that yeah that balance of finding like when your body needs rest but you know like even even deload weeks my last one I was like I don't mind I like I like to take the whole week off but I find like I feel worse like just stiffer so I made sure I did some mobility and at least that made me go to the, you know, our gym and you're, you're still taking that hour or whatever to yourself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a tough one. Well, you're also taking time out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been, I think I pushed training and then there was like a cold trying to get me. So <laughs> it, it, I, I was going to take my one week, my usual break because I don't deload or devolume anymore. I, I just rest. I find it works better for me. And then, yeah, it took one week. Then was meant to start back on Monday, <laughs> and I was just—I was like, nope, I'm not ready. I, I, like mentally, I just—I wasn't feeling like training. There was that, yeah, can't be bothered. And then there's the cold. So yeah, I'm. I'm a, I'm taking a few days off just to see if I can miss it a bit more and get to a place where I'm like, okay, now. But you'd also started your football. Yeah. And then you so hurt your leg. Stay, oh yeah, yeah, the, the hip flexor. <laughs> but now it's, I, I gave it extra. It's one of those, it's like what you're saying. I knew after, because I went to see Altaf and after two weeks I was good, but it's one of those I'm not trying to be pro. I'm not like it's it's just second. It's 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 another activity, so it's not like it's uh, it, it's just one of those. So I took an extra like what is it three weeks or so again. So yeah, I'll go back next week and and it's just an extra activity for me. So I think I think also that just increased what I can recover from, and that that's why I feel like this a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, and now I, I was thinking yeah, I've trained maybe, well, sports and gym, it's maybe ten plus years. So I'm like, you know what, two weeks is, two weeks is not going to make, uh, is not going to make me regress in any way. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's, people are always surprised when you know they hear that, you know, we take long periods of time off. And, you know, it's like, don't worry, you're, you're not going to lose all your gains in yeah. that time. Sorry if you can hear our dog is licking her bone in the background. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have been following, uh, like, Coach Kasem and, and Brett Contreras, um, just sort of their conversations about glutes. It's been quite entertaining. Oh, yeah, They're on the Revive Stronger one, yeah. podcast. No, but <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you listened to that, Andy? Um, yeah, well, I haven't been listening to the most that episode, but yeah. So, 
it's just like it's just everywhere about you know the like glute glute exercise selection like kasem's all well not all about but you know yeah you know hip thrusts are not like the, yeah. you know, yeah. the no, ultimate exercise it's shorting versus lengthening exactly glute, it's like a discussion yeah um and i mean i found with myself my glutes grow the the most with the lengthened uh yeah movements like reverse well, lunges I, I think mine i feel, feel it more obviously i feel it more in my short position but is that just feeling i don't know but yeah. <laughs> as we're all programming, you do a mix of both, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I rarely make hip thrust the main movement. Um, like I have it in there, but I usually focus more on, yeah, deadlift, reverse lunges, things like that. And then have, yeah, have some of the shortened range positions yeah. in there too. Um, anyway, it's interesting, and if anyone is listening, have a have a listen to the Revive Stronger podcast. It's a three part <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, yeah. It's so, some of it you're like, wow, okay, that's very uh, sciency, um, but it, it it's a it's a good one. So let's let's get into our questions. So, question number one: How do you make sure your clients track meals and training? Who wants to pick that well, up? <laughs> it's a tough one because yeah, it is a tough one because it's one of those things where you um, you've got to take people at their word. Yeah. Uh, especially initially, you know, if they say that you know they're going to track, you expect them to track. When we don't track, and I know clients who just don't like tracking. They're saying let's start tracking your food, and then we just don't do it. I say, okay, let's not track your food. Let's work on another methodology. Like, let's look at portion sizes and, and control it that way. You know, some people just don't want to track, and that's okay. You don't have to track. You know, it can make it easier for some people. But the um, reality is it doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't fit to everyone's lifestyle. Yeah. Some people don't want to do it. Yeah, we can learn a lot more if we did do it. But the fact is, you know, some people also have that, don't have a good relationship with food, so it should be avoided with some people as well. So, like for me, is if you have someone who doesn't want to track, as a coach, you've got to find a way of getting them to go without tracking. And that's, that's doable, you know. You can, not even intuitively, you can just say, okay, let's start looking at, Portion control, plate size, you know, size of, you know, protein, you know, the old size of fists versus everything else. And control what we can control. Or, yeah, you just increase activity levels. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think that's kind of where you, you get to. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd say the same. It's you have to find what works for the client in terms of i guess tracking for some some people love the numbers like to know so the the more intricate the tracking you know the better they'll thrive and some people you know they can they're happy tracking once and then you know every every few weeks when things are changing so it depends on the person and also how 
how they look at food, you know, mentally what their view on food is also will determine how how you approach how they track their food. As for training, well, for most of the clients, you, in terms of intensity, you can always, <laughs> I think we've said it in other podcasts, you just assume they're not training as intensely as you would like. So you can start off by using volume, you know, higher volume and seeing how they recover from that and then playing around with volume as you teach them, you know, what intensity is depending on what they're working towards, you know, not everyone needs to train to failure. So yeah. if, if it's, you know, sports people, bodybuilding people, then you can teach things like uh, failure. Um, uh, normal clients, we, I like to teach RPE, you know, just so they can understand when they've pushed a certain way or not. And in terms of, uh, say... Uh, training for all clients, I track it with them. So I make sure they track, then I'll go through it. And then that way, when we're doing the check-ins, depending on how they feel, uh, whereby we'll be checking blood glucose for some of them, sleep, uh, stress, work, just overall lifestyle. And then with that, you can use that to play around with volume, play around with intensity, depending on who the person is, what they're working towards, and and yeah, in terms, I think with training, it's it's a bit easier to teach and make clients understand tracking than with nutrition. With nutrition, it, it takes time, can take can take years even, so uh, for for clients to understand and sort of relate with food the way you want them to, so to speak. Yeah, yeah I mean, I would. I would say two things like first of all the most important one is communication with your client from the get-go yeah like you're telling them how your coaching works and you're all, and they're going to tell you their goals and what they want and you need to meet halfway so you as a coach especially an online coach you need this information to help your clients and you can't always be you know on your client's case like oh have you updated your whatever have you updated this because if there is you know what's what's that saying what's what's recorded is measured or anyway whatever that saying is like we need some data and so from the get-go you need to decide with your client like what's going to work best for them and how are you going to track it so there is some accountability like you don't necessarily have to you know use my fitness pal or, you know, weigh your food or anything like that. But there does need to be some form of of tracking. You know, like Andy was saying, like, you can use portion control, something like that. But, yes, there still needs to be a method. So you need to, you know, from the get-go, decide what that is with your client and how you're going to track it and then be accountable with that. So I think, you know, setting very clear expectations is really key. And, you know, depending on your client's goals, like, you know, if it's a, I would say for clients who've got, you know, maybe hormonal issues or, or some serious fat loss goals, it's very hard to do, to achieve those if you're not being very specific with your food 
because for many women they're not eating enough and I actually want them to track so I can see that they're eating enough um, and then in a fat loss phase it's just it's just more efficient and effective to to track your calories and macros like that but again if someone is not into that that is okay but you still need to find a way and agree upon that with them and and then i'd say number two like logistically you can do that in many ways like the way we deliver our coaching is through an app and my fitness pal syncs with it so we can see so they just fill that in and we can see or you can create for yourself a google sheet with your client and you know again discuss how they're going to fill that out because it is very important like you as a coach should be tracking a whole host of biofeedback you know from your client and you know your nutrition and your training will fit into that um and again like for us we'll have weekly check-ins with our clients and we'll you know they'll have all sorts of sort of biofeedback that we're tracking including the nutrition um and you know we'll touch base on that once at least once a week so again from the get-go you need to decide from your client what method you're going to use to track that um, and then like logistically are you using an app are you using a, you know a, a spreadsheet something like that um, and the same goes for your training like you don't need to have an app it just makes it <laughs> very easy for you but again in like the in the spreadsheet you need to decide look you need to be logging your reps your sets your weights so that I can see what you're doing perhaps offer some suggestions um, you know, which was going to guide your programming for their training and for their goals. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one of the things tracking is, yeah, you have to track every macro. I always think people should be tracking their protein because I know lots of people under eat protein. No, that most of the time people don't even really, People think that, yeah, and here's another thing, I can't think they're overeating. But when I look through their sheet, we're actually under eating. They go, oh, why am I not losing any weight? It's, well, it's because you're chronically under eating mm-hmm. and you're not hitting your, your targets. So then, you know, your body doesn't, isn't in a healthy state to do anything. So there is that side, you know, people need to understand what tracking works. And it's about making your clients understand that that's why you track you. It's not tracking as a tool to punish your food. Yeah. It's literally just so we can get the best result and adjust things. You know, it's hard to adjust things otherwise. Um, but as I said, it doesn't work for everyone. But protein one, even if it's just for the first couple of weeks of a client, you can really show them how much you're under eating on protein. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think this goes for, uh, I guess, uh, flow PTs. Um, well, it's something I've seen in gyms a lot where client comes in and it's more like, okay, yesterday we did legs. So today we're going to do chest and you randomly pick stuff whereby if you have, I guess, a notebook where you know this is your client's program they come in and you can go back and see what they did last week and then progress from there rather than lots of guesswork because a lot of uh trainers on the floor from what i've noticed working in the gym and what i've seen in the gym 
it, it has a lot of guesswork where there's really no plan. And I think that's also one thing that would like here, here it would be a game changer just by tracking your client's training. If you're on the floor, you'll be 90% better than most of the trainers you work with. Yeah. Because it's something I personally have seen, I've experienced working on the gym floor that I've seen a lot of trainers here don't do. It's all about funky movements I've seen on the net and throwing in random stuff. But if you had a plan for your clients, it would even make your work easier. You know, John's come in, you open John's program, you talk to John and be like, this is what happened last week. We did this. How are you feeling? Okay, today we are going to try, you know, it. It's a relationship, so I yeah. think for floor, if you work on a gym floor, that that would make your work way easier. Where after you've trained with John, they've understood what you've done. They know after that they don't need to worry about their logbook. You've you know you've explained, you've shown them what's happening. Then they can go and work on their nutrition, their stress management, sleep, and because they know you've. You're catering for the training side very well and they feel, you know, confident that you're helping them. So that that I personally know you'll be 90 percent better than a lot of the guys on the gym floor and your clients will notice. And, you know, whether it's getting stronger, whether it's getting leaner, you you will see the change because there's progressive overload. You go to the book. It just makes your work easier. You go back one year. And you're able to show John, oh, this is what you're doing one year ago. You know, so I think that for, for floor trainers, a notebook and a spreadsheet for our clients also works. Mm -hmm. We will do wonders. And you can't, you, so, and you can't make your clients do this. Like if they're continuously not, you know, tracking their yeah. nutrition and training, you need to have that conversation with yeah. them. Like, you know, are we getting the most out of this coaching partnership? Am I the right coach for you? You know, or are you actually serious about this? So, you know, if they're continuously doing that, like if, if my clients like miss a couple of check-ins, you know, I'll be like, you know, yeah. come on, like we have to meet halfway here. Um, so I just add that in there as well. Yeah, yeah big time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that's it, exactly. If you continually go, you've got a decision made, can you work around it? If not, if it's just too much, if it makes everything too hard, and you know you're not going to get a good result because of it, and or they're lying continually, I would say, yeah, if it didn't work, just you know, tell tell me, so, rather than saying you're doing something, I find out you're not doing it. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, yeah, you, and you are within your rights to say you don't want to work together anymore, because you don't want to work with them. <laughs> yeah don't be don't i think don't be scared to be assertive on that front yeah um, yeah i think i think most uh most well depends on the coach client relationship but clients you know well like i said depends on the relationship but like us as coaches we don't judge you can come and be like man yesterday i had a kilo of cake and it, it was amazing but man i, I feel sick you know and you talk about it, laugh about it, and find out why did you have the kilo of cake. Yeah, you know, whatever, it's done. So also depending on the coach-client relationship, I guess depends on how much clients can open up, which which is also something. Most of my clients start with, okay, mm -hmm. 
which I messed up last week. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I'm chicken. One go. Like, okay. I'm like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. One going into it every day last week. Yeah. You know, it'd be fine. Um, and they always feel worse about it than I do. Yeah. I'm like, I know that it's not the end of the world. You can just get back onto the program and it probably won't have a bigger impact than you think it will. Yeah. You know, um, so, and I think if your client is scared to tell you things, there is a problem with your relationship or a problem with how you present yourself as a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, no, very important. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like Cleo said, the first, first thing, that communication, how you talk to each other and approach each other on the first day will we'll, we'll tell a lot on how the rest uh, the rest of the coaching goes yeah and yeah. I mean we've we haven't always done this but now we have contracts with our clients and I think that really makes it you know very serious like you know we'll tell them like which you know uh, clauses to look at you know you've, you've set out your payment terms you've also set out like your your, your feedback like if client hasn't responded to coach within x amount of of working days you know coach has you know the the right, right to suspend the coaching and i think you know that's that's an important thing to put out there you know so something for coaches to think about like you know get get a lawyer to write up a contract for you and i think that protects both of you because it was also about you know your your privacy sharing like saying you're not going to be plastering their you know their photos all over the internet um, you know, that kind of thing. So it goes both ways and it just adds in that extra layer of, you know, okay, this is serious and this is a real, you know, partnership that you're going into. It's not just a, you know, want to lose, you know, two kilos and, you know, yeah, if, they, if I do or don't, then, you know, so it does, it does add that. So I just throw that in there. Um, so I think this ties into our second question. So I was asked this a few weeks ago. So this coach had a, a client who, whose goal was fat loss, but she wasn't losing any weight and she was saying that she was eating, you know, wasn't eating much. So I would say, first of all, then it's very important to have a, a method of tracking because if you don't know what she's eating, you don't know if she's actually in a calorie deficit. Yeah. And so many women will be like, but I'm not eating anything. <laughs> And, you know, then you, if you track it properly, it's like, oh, okay, wow, that's actually, you know, you're, you're in a surplus yeah. or you're at maintenance. I don't know if you, if you guys have ever experienced that. Yeah, men too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Both men and women. It's, it's one of those, it's like, ah, oh, but, but I only had two meals. And I think I had a bite of this and a bite of this somewhere. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, I guess people don't, they think when you're doing bitings or, you know, like grazing, going to the fridge and picking something or, you know, biting on your workmate's sandwich or so they, they, that doesn't count. So <laughs> for me, that's, that's, I think that's the one I've had the most where it's like, I only had three meals, but then it's like, okay, let's go through the day. And it's like, oh, I had a thing here. I took my, uh, I shared this with a colleague and this and so it, 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 it um, I think how people track, some people assume that just the meal counts or I don't know, it's, it's a mindset thing where it's like you need to tell me everything for it to work. Don't be mm. scared. It's, I'm not judging you. Like, yeah. you know, it's... Sometimes it's not even being scared. It's, you know, it's very... 
only for through like tea. Mm. You know, like people drink cups of tea, and yeah. <laughs> you know, we forget it's got milk in there. It's got a lot of people put sugar in sugar. there. Yeah, and then we don't check that part. But we're having like loads of cups of tea with a teaspoon of sugar or two oh, yeah. every single time with you know half a cup of milk or whatever in it. Especially with Kenyan tea. Cause oh yeah. Milk. <laughs> so. Um, and then, you know, we're having that, like, six, eight times a day. And that doesn't appear anywhere we're tracking. True. <laughs> um, and these liquid calories, or they have a, you know, we, we decide to have something like a fruit juice. But we think it's a fruit juice, so it must be all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's got fruit in the title, so it must be good. But it's just like downing the car and the sugar. But we may not track that because we think, oh, it's just a fruit juice. Yeah. That's the thing, is about explaining as a coach to make sure you're aware of everything you eat. Yeah. Not just like how much sauce you're putting on. You know, being mindful of every decision about food you're making because people like, again, people go, oh yeah, I only had some potatoes, this, that. But then we forget that we put a lot of ketchup on or we forget mm-hmm. we do this. Yeah. And then all that adds up over the course of a week. Yeah. I, I would say there as well, Again, it goes back to that initial, you know, questionnaire with your client as well. Like ours Mm. is very in-depth and it's like, you know, what is your dieting history? You know, when were you last trying to diet? What, what were you doing? You know, um, all, all these other questions about, you know, your, your gut health, your menstrual cycle, because if a woman is saying that and she is actually eating nothing and not losing weight, then there's probably a history of chronic dieting there. And, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to help you lose fat, actually, you should be doing the opposite. You should be reverse dieting. So it's it's very important to have that background history in the form of a very in-depth questionnaire before you even start. And again, that will clear up, you know, you'll know what she's eating. You'll know how she's training. Um, and again, like if, if she's not willing to share the information with you, there's a there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. I have a female, female competitor and I started feeding her up and she's like, oh, well, I'm meant to be in prep. I was like, yeah, but I said, if we don't now get these first few weeks, you eating a bit more, it's going to be a pretty slow prep, you know. <laughs> and this is like, yeah, this is the thing. It's like people who be chronically dieting or, you know, trying to go, like do one thing, you know, it's not been in a surplus. You do need to have a bit, and there is a thyroid health issue. Mm-hmm. Try to explain to people that you can't just, you know, tank your thyroid because you know it does have a knock-on effect to everything else. It's important, and try to explain to people that regular eating is important. Skipping meals won't help you lose weight long, you know, long term. You know, yeah, you may, you know, you still eventually lose weight. But you won't, no, you, you know, you, you're going to have periods where you're just in a really terrible health point. And, you know, but the other thing is, like, also, I found with, like, some of my male clients is, you know, awareness around blood glucose. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially Kenya, I find, you know, I have a lot of guys in this Indian, Kenyan Indian community, and um, for them, you know, diabetes is pretty high. You know, or pre-diabetes with some of my male clients because, you know, and it goes untreated and then they try to think, oh, I'm just going to lose weight and then you're doing it and they say, oh, why is it so slow? So, well, you know, have you look at your blood glucose? Yeah. 
the guarantee your blood glucose is probably really high. And I've known guys with sixes and sevens, yeah. nanomoles. Wow. You know, yeah. So, you know, which is like six is pre diabetic and seven's diabetic. Yeah. You know? So, and then it's about, you know, trying to work out, you know, get a strategy in for them just to handle the blood glucose thing first before yeah. then, you know, starting to push other things. So, you know, that, you, you won't see big weight change. Also, you know, as I tell our clients, you know, the changes when you want to see a result of consistency, they're not, hey, I had a really good week this week, why not see any changes? Yeah. Um, you know, but then the following week, they're eating cake and skipping tracking or not checking in or, you know, it's it's a consistency over time is when you get changes. And, you know, sometimes you need to spend a couple of weeks just chilling because you've got enough stress. But, you know, I had a kind of last week said, oh, my weight went up by two pounds overnight. What's happened? You know, she was worried she put two pounds of fat on overnight. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. I said, it's like almost scientifically impossible for the amount you eat for you to put two pounds of body fat on. That's it. Just before it's been looking after your mum who's not been well, blah, blah, blah. You know, these things, so there is like so many factors affecting weight and body composition other than just the deficit. You know, deficit's the priority, you know, a large percentage of priority when looking at losing weight, but actually you do have to think about everything else as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one final thing I'd add there is like if you can get your client to do blood work, that'd be very helpful because um, yeah. you then then you will see like Andrew was saying if they have blood glucose issue. I mean you can do that with a glucometer, but you can check insulin. Um, you can yeah, check. You, so yeah, you can check. You can check your sex hormones, thyroid. Um, you can just check you know overall overall health <laughs> markers, your liver, kidneys, um, and that will just give you a great insight you know, into your client's inner health and maybe, you know, you can go from there and say like, look, based on, on this, fat loss is not going to work for you right now. Or, you know, based on this, let's, you know, work on your, your, your blood glucose, something like that. So I know it's, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest thing to get done here, um, but you can do it. Um, and, you know, yeah, we've, we've recently just partnered up with a company called Tibu here um, who come to your house and do blood work. Um, you know, so if you need any um, information on that, you can just send us a message and we can help you with that. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's also, what is it, half the work when it comes to clients. Because I, I find a lot of people don't like knowing. There's, there's that being scared of knowing, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's not always bad news. And then even if it is, it's, it's, uh, whoa, oh. power. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry about that. We had a power cut as usual. This is actually a, a scheduled one. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I think let's let's carry on. I think we'll do a podcast where we'll have pros and cons of being a podcaster in Africa or Kenya. You just need to start with your generator on. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, same, um, same problems each week. Well, let, let, let's let, whilst the generator still has fuel. Oh jeez. What's your go-to split for beginners? Andy, kick this one off for us. Well, this one depends on the beginner, but generally you want to you know see what we can and can't do, and what their time scale is. Um, like generally, how many times we can train, but generally. Yeah, you know, it's always good to, yeah, the easy answer to say upper-lower split. But, you know, I do that a lot. Upper-lower rest, upper-lower accessories. Just if they like to train five days a week, if they're happy to train four days a week and hold the fat accessory day. Um, so, yeah, it's a case of always finding out how much someone is training, is willing to train a day. Yeah, I often get people come and go, oh yeah, I like to train every day. I mean, you know, half the time you're better off moving up to four days just to give your body a little bit of an extra rest. Some people need the gym for mental health reasons, so therefore five days a week, I would say it's fine with, you know, two couple of split out rest days. So it's a case of, you know, it, is, it goes back to what we've talked about all the way through, having like some good communication with a client at the beginning, getting the answers to these questions from day one. You know, I do two calls clients. I do the initial interview call, I then send that questionnaire, I then do a plan and program, and then we have another call to go through it and make sure it's doable um, and go over it. Now, during that time, if they say, oh, I can only actually go train, you know, I can't say we can only train three times a week. And say, okay, that's cool. If you can only train three times a week, I'll give you a three-day program, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think... Just, yeah. we just got to make sure we're three hard days. Yeah, I think... Same with, with beginners. I, if it's a gym, I go for three days. Max four with maybe body weight. But if it's... We're starting like beginner beginner never done anything uh, I, I do i start with body weight mostly and uh lots of mobility just so they can get used to you know moving get used to the domes and i also try to get them as much as i've made the program i try to get them to work with a trainer at the gym too because i mean if you're a beginner beginner there's you, you will do a lot yeah. of mistakes. So as much as there's the program, there's the videos, and then I, I always try, because I've been coaching a lot of younger guys, high school, uni, I try to get them, because uh, luckily it's a lot of the uni gyms or a lot of gyms have gym instructors who, you know, if you have your program, has the videos, they're willing to be like, okay, this says this, they've seen the video, so... It's just a matter of watch and instruct. So, with, yeah. Do you think of like using it? I've had this a couple of times where we use a trainer in the gym to do your program. For some reason, the trainer always wants to change something. Yeah. And yeah. do more or add exercise. So, don't, mm. where we do, don't yeah. let them add anything. Yeah. Or the annoying thing is, where you can tell the trainer's not very good in the sense that they go to a trainer and they're like, oh, we don't have this piece of equipment. The trainer suggested this exercise instead. Yeah. And it's not even the same movement pattern. And you're like, 
Yeah. Not a like for like swap, and I have to then say actually try to do some bits instead. Yeah. Like, but I do actually do the same. Encourage if they can find a good trainer. Yeah. Just follow a program for the first week or two with a trainer to get the form right. Yeah, it's but, always you always have to be like make sure he doesn't like if he tries to add anything, refuse. But even like in in. Kenya, I, if it's a gym, I know a certain trainer, I'll reach out and be like, you know, I have a, this client, if you, you know, just two weeks, show them how things work. And if it's someone I get along with, I always try to reach out and, uh, but yeah, usually for beginners, body weight, and I find full body works the first a few weeks because, uh, Full body can, uh, I think. Full body's great. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's yeah, long. Don't give it a yeah, for it also depends how much time the client has. Otherwise, I'll uh, I'll split it because full yeah, body. That's why I tend to split it because yeah. full body sessions get a bit long. Saved. As in to try and hit everything, especially it depends on how many days. Yeah. Because yeah, with a full body, getting enough rest days in, it tends to be a free day training max for yeah but if someone's got plenty of time as in we like being at a gym then full body works perfect yeah as in the beginner if it's someone who's in a very tight window like we've got an ad train then i think an upper lower works a little bit better in the fact that you can have a few less exercises in the, in the mix yeah just get a hard on but exercises you can do that yeah, because I think I think with beginners it's it's natural they'll they'll just take longer in the gym because it's new movements you're learning what you know your six to well if you're building muscle you are learning what your six to thirty rep range weights are so yeah it, I think in terms in terms of time if you have time full body works. But otherwise, it's it's either full body, body weight training or an upper lower split. I, I usually my go to, and then depending on kit and uh, what what you have access to, will depend on the exercise and variations you throw in. Yeah, no, I I would agree, and like you're focusing on the main movement patterns as well, like yeah, yeah. body weight. But you can also start with, you know, if machines can work quite well for beginners. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you have access to them, they can be great. Um, and yeah, I think just what Andy and Leon said, you know, three day full body or, a, or an upper lower split are definitely go to's. And I would just check, you know, your, your client will come to you and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm not a beginner. Nah. <laughs> You're like, well, <laughs> actually, actually <laughs> you are. So, you know, just take that with a pinch of salt. Like I think until you've, you know, you've, you've, you, if you're a personal trainer and you do in-person sessions, it'll be easier for you to sort of gauge where they're at. Yeah. Whereas online, it can be a little bit more difficult, but you can still see. So I think it is a diff there is a difference if you're an online coach versus a, um, like an in-person trainer. Um, just in terms of, you know, it's easier if you're in-person to, you know, really work with a beginner. <laughs> if, if, you're, yeah. if you're online... You know, you've got to, you know, you've got to just make sure you take it a little bit next level, you know, make sure they're getting videos or like Leon said, they're maybe working with, um, you know, just with it, with another trainer on 
for a while just to make sure that they've got their form down uh, right. Okay, so um, we have time for one more. So, the only thing I was going to add to that yeah, last sure. one is if someone's a real complete, complete beginner, like we've, got, we've never done any exercise. Mm. After time, we're just better off getting someone to start tracking what they're eating and walking. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to do initially. If someone's never done a single bit of exercise, you've got a, a, a weight-related health issue, just get them doing increasing movement True. a little bit and then start building on it. Because it may, yeah, you want to probably try and get some weight off before pushing someone into a gym environment maybe, you know, if they've done nothing, absolutely nothing in their life and they're super unhealthy, just having someone walk and tracking their calories will do them wonders. Just that little bit of movement, yeah. that little bit of mindfulness around food and you'll see massive changes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. Point. Yeah, now I got one of my friends to do that actually sure. um, and it's worked so well for her. I'm like, you know, this... You find what fits into your lifestyle. Um, I think that's such a great point. I mean, in general, just adding in more movement is is really key. So again, like sometimes a three day split can be good. Then you can prioritize. You know, you could either do some more formal cardio, or, or just walking on those other days. Um, so yeah, don't just focus on the training. It's uh, yeah. it's everything else. I think that's such a good point, Andy. Like. Yeah, you know, just making sure that they're moving more is just massive. Like, never underestimate that power of moving more in your day. Yeah, it's crazy because every time you meet someone who's new and they're like, I want to start getting healthy. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. It's like zero to a hundred. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, <laughs> That's the problem. That things often balloon burst quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes tumbling down. Sometimes you've got to, as a coach, save people from themselves. Yeah. yeah. All their best intentions. Save them from their friends and family members who've got good advice from. Half the time, it's not good advice. Yeah. You just need to be, like, sometimes a sensible one in the client-coach relationship. Yeah. Often, it's not having to push your clients to train. It's actually to hold them back and say, we're doing a bit too much. Just rain it down. You know, you're not you're not in a good health state. Let's get that sorted first. Then focus on the for weight loss. Yeah. That that's such a good point, Andy. It's so true. Like I would say, with the majority of my female clients, it's pulling back. It's pulling back. Being yeah. like, you don't need to do so much, or just choosing more low impact movements yeah. like walking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so many beginners will start with. Hit not necessarily H I I T, but you know high intensity kind of cardio stuff, and you're like, that's probably the worst thing you could start with. Yeah. There, there are better ways um, to go about it, and yeah, like you say, they're just yeah, friends or family are like, oh, I did uh, you know Sean T's Insanity, yeah. <laughs> and that worked really well for me. Why don't you do it? Or um, <laughs> all women, all women would always start with aerobics classes, burn out in less than a month. And all men will start training with the biggest oh. guy in the gym. Well, they'll do and a full, like the six bro days a week. split, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro split six days a week with the strongest guy. And then... Yeah, it's true. It's, it's amazing. It's like uh, half the time being a coach, you're rewiring mindsets. And 
it it takes long to tell someone you need to eat more to lose weight and they're looking at you like why the hell did I did I pay you for like what do you mean or you need to just walk and stop doing you know the high jumping stuff for a while we'll, we'll get there and it takes time to drill that into clients for them to be like oh it's it's actually working <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think most people will benefit from starting with walks and just... I think even myself, when I started the gym, that's a mistake I did. I went in and trained with the biggest guys and my dad was laughing at me for not being able to walk for three days. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very super point. Right. So, our final question. As a PT, what would be your advice on approaching potential clients yeah. well i think that's okay i mean when when i started out it was a lot of word of mouth <laughs> um i mean there's different ways it's just depending on how you're marketing yourself as well mm-hmm. um i mean again it'll be very different if you're an online coach versus a personal trainer i mean i guess this is someone who's saying they're a face-to-face personal trainer yeah, I would say like, some of the questions I get is a floor PT, but yeah, let's just talk about the online training first. In the sense that if you're new, train your friends, family, people first. Get some evidence under your belt of successful journeys people have had, get some testimonials, and then market that from that because. Yeah, it's about success leads to client attention and more clients coming in. Now, on the floor, there's nothing worse when PTs is hanging around you like a bad smell trying to give you advice you don't want. But if the best time for PTs picking up clients is if they someone doing something wrong, walk up and give them new cues on training then suggests that maybe we will do well with working with a trainer for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, most gyms will advertise you know, PTs as well, you know. So, who is that? Um, I think it's it's hard on a gym floor because it comes across as more, almost like cold call setting. Mm. But if you can find a way to be helpful. Yeah. And give advice for free. You don't have to, you know, try and sign someone up immediately. Just start talking to people, giving advice and caring about people and caring about their journeys. And they'll remember that for when we decide we do want a trainer. They go, oh, that person's actually really good. I spoke to them, they sound super knowledgeable. They've got good, um, you know, they've got a good rapport with me. I'll, I'll ask them, you know. As we say, and with social media, just show, don't spend a lot of time trying to sell per se, but spend a lot of time sharing free knowledge. Yeah, yeah for, I, I remember when, uh, when I started, because I started on the gym floor, started as a nutritionist, then went, and Harry gave me the best advice, because... When you start in the Harry, gym, no, Harry is. I thought uh, from from my post, Harry is. He was like my mentor. Like he was the first. 
he was an older trainer and back then when I started older trainers were uh, I, can't, I can't use that word but older trainers just sucked they hard they, they they never they were not willing to share information they looked down on younger trainers being like oh you overly ambitious you know like older trainers were just not fun to be around with but Harry was amazing and he was like my mentor and the first advice he gave me was remember the gym is paying you you're working for the gym so all the clients who come in here are your responsibility don't go selling around PTs and you're not yet a PT that was the first and I think it was the best advice he gave me so any client who came in the plan was treat them as if they are your PT do you need help you know do you can I set you up do you want to program and after a few months of doing that a lot of clients would approach and be like I want you to be my personal trainer you know make a program and and that helped because rather than going around and competing with other trainers and it's like you said it's like like in a market hawking uh, personal exactly. training it's you've shown your value first you've shown because i was working in the gym so you've shown the gym owner your value you've shown the client your value because you are being paid to work there first and foremost and then which means all clients are your responsibility and then from there you know once you're able to show your value i guess clients will they'll just start approaching you and then from there as clear said uh, client a will be like oh you know friend will be like oh you look nice you know you seem fitter and be like oh i have a personal trainer so client b might approach and just like that word of mouth but for a lot of gym floor trainers the problem is you're too busy trying to uh, look and hawk around for cheaper pts or cheaper than your you know your your workmate and it just becomes a a dirty competition on a lot of gym floors but instead of showing the clients your value first and being there and helping like it's your job if you're there to work and you actually enjoy it you're not trying to be elon musk uh, to make elon musk money on the gym floor so you have to care for the people first for them to see your value so i think that was the best advice harry gave me because I was young and I'm ready and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I want all the clients and I, I'm strong. I can work 20 hours a day, kind of. So that, that, that is, for me, it's a lot of the younger guys who come to me and ask that. I think that was the best advice Harry gave me. And, and you guys know Harry. He was a very cheerful guy, just, you know, he was a bundle of energy in the gym. And that way, a lot of clients would also approach him like, you know, you you make days, you know, you, you're always pushing us. And so I think a lot of uh, floor and gym floor and gym instructors and who are looking to be PTs. And I think that that is one thing that's lacking because you go into gyms and a lot of people are sitting in corners looking tired, looking bored. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. See a client, wake up, stand up, you know, feel like, yeah, yeah, can I even turn on the treadmill for you? Set, you know, my, like that, that goes a long way into if you're trying to become, to get your name out there as a PT because 
we know there's so many PTs out there. It's just about what makes you different from the other guy you're sitting next to in the gym. So yeah, that, I guess that would be my. Yeah, no, I think you know you got to walk walk your talk um, mm. as well, and like you know stand by your values all the time. And it can be really hard when someone's undercutting your price, oh, yeah. but I think that's an important <laughs> one. Like. Be very firm about your prices because I found as a personal trainer, even as an online coach, people yeah. bargain with you and that is the most annoying thing. <laughs> You're like, you do not bargain with your doctor yeah. or your lawyer. You know, so just, yeah, I think be very firm about, you know, what you stand for, what you want, what your services are and... Um, I think, Andy, you made such a great point. Like, just give out free info, especially if you're an online coach. Um, you need to you need to always just be giving out value there. And, you know, for an online coach, you do need to have coached people in person first. Yeah. <laughs> That's very important. Um, I know COVID's a bit difficult for a lot of people who did go online. Um, but, you know, if you can, you do need to train people in person yeah. first. Yeah. Um. I will say something else. Um, I was watching Mikala's um, story the other week, and she asked a question. Oh yeah. Does a, does a personal trainer's uh, physique matter? <laughs> and there's still the majority of people in Kenya thinks it does, which is fine. You know, and that's the problem you've got to realise as a starting PT that you are being judged a little bit wrongly or rightly. Yeah. You know, and I don't think it matters so much. I, I personally, for me, it doesn't matter. So it looks like so as long as they've got the knowledge. But for the majority of people, there is still a stigma around how you look. But I don't mean it's necessarily even about your physique. If someone, as a as a PT, if you want to pick up clients, show them you you know get out onto the gym floor on your time off and train. Show them you know, your training ethos. Show them how yeah. hard you train. You don't, you know, don't take away how someone looks, but actually show people how hard you train. Show them you do mobility. Show mm -hmm. them, you know, what you do. You know, more so because people are still quite visual. Oh, I gym before they say, oh, I got to change really hard. I want to change Yeah. You know, or that person seems to know what they're doing. You know, we get to train well. People are visual, you know, education and putting up posts are beneficial for people, but still there's a lot of ignorance around, around that people still go by their eyes. Yeah, that that really got my goat. And sadly, it just is true. I mean, yeah. I would not choose a trainer or any health care professional, any professional on how they look. Okay, obviously if someone is seriously unhealthy, like um, like morbidly obese, I'd be like, okay, maybe you need to be rethinking your principles there. But in general, I think as Annie said, you need to go off how someone is training, like walking their talk, you know, their energy, like Leon said, you know, that kind of thing. Like basing it solely on looks is in sane it really is because some of the worst trainers have the best bodies and it's if you look at some of the best coaches they don't have the best bodies and it's like please i know hopefully coaches are listening to this but if you're not a coach and you're a client please do not base 
your choice of coach or trainer on how they look. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. It's, it just, that is a serious pet peeve. <laughs> oh. It does take away the whole element of genetics. Like, some people just naturally leave. Some yeah. people have visible abs all year. And, yeah, I was looking at the, like, the post and I couldn't help but think. People say, oh, yeah, no, I, want, I look like how my trainer looks. Like, I choose that trainer because I want to look like them. But you're not going to look like them. It's just unrealistic to believe you're going to look like someone else because you don't have the same genetics as them. Yeah. Unless you're their twin, their identical twin, you're not going to look like that person. So stop worrying about that. Rather focus on what they can bring out of you or the journey they can send you on or the, you know, how much they can teach you, which are way more important for future things. But there is still, as I said, you know, the sad thing is the majority of people are opposed to serving that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was quite eye-opening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the best rugby and football coaches in the world. We haven't like rugby and football players anymore. We've retired and they're, you know. I was going to say like the same Alex thing. Ferguson, one of the best football coaches ever. Yeah, he doesn't look like Ronaldo, did he? Even, yeah. even, <laughs> even bodybuilding coaches, you look at them and you're like, wow, you. You know, and then you hear what they speak and you see their training and you're like, oh. Okay, that's why. <laughs> Some of the best coaches with other sports were never the best players. I think people have to realise this. You can bring up the best of someone else without, let's say, bringing the best out of yourself. Yeah. 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 You know, and there's injuries. There's all, you don't know someone's backstory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but here's the thing. You may see a personal trainer in the gym who looks obese still. But you don't know what Jelly we've already done. He might have been four hundred pounds down to now, you know, two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, yeah. So we know a thing or two about losing fat and, and weight. You know, that's a, that's a, and that's the reality. The young lad with abs who's always looked like that. That's he like, he's never had to be on the journey, he's never had to do anything. Doesn't you know? even know how he's there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well exactly. You know, the guy can I okay, I I know a girl who very successful female, um, Kiwi and figure bodybuilder. She could eat KFC every single day. <laughs> she did in London pretty much every single day and still had an eight pack. <laughs> Amazing. Genetics. Yeah. yeah she, she danced a lot. She was active and she trained really hard. But her diet was terrible. Yeah. And, but that genetic element made sure her stomach was always lean. Yeah. You know, I genetically, my stomach's not the leanest part of me. You know, it's like my chest. Have you never seen me in a vest all year round? My shoulders and chest and stuff's lean. You know, but as a thing, it's like some people different. Some people in an off season. Yeah. That's the only thing you got to remember. You know, and you see them. In, you know, when we're prep, really, we might look completely different to the other. So people need to grow out of that. I'm only going to go with that person because they're lean. Yeah. Or this, that, the other, you know. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, as a coach or a personal trainer, like, it's more important to embody your values than to be looking a certain way. And, you know, that might be the slower way to get clients, you know, as opposed to if you're sort of marketing yourself as a, you know, wielding a six pack. 
but you know it will you know it will pay off and i always think the most important thing is yeah you need you need that integrity and you will attract the right you will attract the right clientele the surface um well i mean we always talk about qualifications but we could talk more about that um it's it, it is a big topic and you know it, i think it's as a growing industry here you know we've done interviews with some some of you know kenya's top trainers and you know i think it's yeah it's a very important oh are we still on I think we're still rolling. It's a good place to end it there. <laughs> really hope you enjoyed the episode.